0: Again, people of marketing. Yes, you guessed it. This right here is a little ad. I'm not sure how much you know about Planable, but we're a collaboration tool for social media teams, helping marketers around the world create, plan, review, approve, and schedule social media posts. The best part is that you can try Planable for free, no strings attached. And if it strikes your fancy, we got a special offer just for you. Yes, I'm talking to you, dear listener who hasn't skipped past the ad. Go to planable.io slash listeners and use the discount code when upgrading to get 30% of the first three months. That is P-L-A-N-A-B-L-E dot slash listeners. Thanks for tuning in and enjoyed the episode. Hey everyone, this is Xenia Montan and welcome to another episode of People of Marketing podcast. I'm the founder and CEO of Planable, the collaboration tool for social teams, and I launched this podcast to take a sneak peek into the lives of marketers that inspire me. So every week we explore the story of their careers, the choices, the mistakes, wins, and imperfections of their work life. Everyone, let's give a warm welcome to Colin Lefiscopo, Director of Marketing for Social Media Examiner. He has eight years of experience marketing live events, TV productions, Broadway musicals, best-selling books, and online products. He is also the founder of Meta, an online marketing resource that helps businesses and entrepreneurs grow. Colin is also a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu blue belt, The trains in San Diego. Colin, thank you so much for joining me today on People of Marketing.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. That was a a great intro. I'm like, wow, did I really do all those things?
0: That's uh... That's you. That's you in a nutshell. (laughs) That's
1: me in a nutshell. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here.
0: Yes, me too. And I want to learn a bit more about your background, and we're going to talk a lot about your career and how you got where you are today. But I feel like the best way to always start these conversations are by you know, walking backwards, trying to connect the dots. And the first question that I have for you is, if you remember what was your first interaction with marketing, maybe when you were, you know, younger, a child, maybe, what got you into marketing in the first place, if you can remember?
1: Yeah, you know, when I was younger, I... I mean, I wanted to be like a pilot or something, you know. I was watching Top Gun, and I wanted to be yeah. Tom Cruise, and so I never thought that I was gonna end up in marketing, you know. Yeah. Um, really, what what happened was when I started in uh, I, when I got out of college, I started in TV news broadcasting, so local, you know, TV station here in in San Diego, and I had some some editing experience and some production experience. So I got in there as a as a video editor, and then kind of just did everything in the newsroom and you know I was there for several years and I just realized that you know I I wanted to be in a different industry and I I was really interested in social media marketing I was just seeing what was going on like Mm -hmm. online and and we use social media marketing a lot with just keeping up with things we used you know Twitter to keep up with athletes and keep up with sports you know if I was sports producing and so I I became more interested in that and um and that 's kind of when I decided, hey, you know I really want to get into social media marketing. This is not going anywhere and as I learned more about that, I learned more about marketing in general and realized like, oh, this is such a necessary thing this is a this is a great um, career direction for me
0: right, so tell us how you got started. Uh, tell us about your first experiences and you know the steps that got you where you are today
1: yeah so i 'm sitting there in a the newsroom i 'm looking i 'm looking you know at, at at Twitter and and seeing the effects and all these platforms and uh, a opportunity opened up for social media manager. I'm like, well, this is perfect. You know, I'm going to go for this. And, um I didn't necessarily have a lot of social media experience at that point but what I did have was a lot of production experience and and it's actually an important story because it just shows how you should go for something like you should just apply for the job that you want because you might have skills that they need and and that's exactly what happened is I got in there and I met the creative director and he's like you know uh, I think he he could tell I was a little green on the social stuff but I had a lot of chops with production. He's like, we really need a producer. We, hmm. we would like to grow this role into two parts where you'll lead a production team and you'll do, do social media uh, management. And so that's what happened is I, they ended up kind of just like creating a role a little bit specifically for my talent set. And then I was able to go in there and, and, and kind of thrive in that role.
0: Amazing. How did you get to become director of marketing at Social Media Examiner?
1: Yeah. So from from there, I just spent several years learning, basically building social platforms and managing those channels and learning more about marketing and really figuring that out. And there's definitely like a process and stages you go through as a marketer. And then I remember my creative director came up to me. He's like, Hey, you know, you should probably go to a conference or something. And Social Media Examiner had one of the best conferences and it was right there in San Diego. So it was like easy. And I was looking at conferences everywhere and I was like, well, this one looks really good and it's right here. So that's a no brainer. I'll just go to it. It's right in my back yard Uh, and I went and it was it was phenomenal and I learned a lot and uh, really had a great experience It's like overwhelming amount of content you know and that's that's what we hear a lot from people so I took that and um, and I just kept going back year after year and I remember around like the third year I was like you know I, I kind of know everything that they're t- that they're telling me, or like or like you know i 'm like i 'm doing some things that are working that these speakers aren 't even talking about, and I realized at that point that I was kind of getting to a a certain level of expertise in my field you know and, and that was really good, and I started to go every year just to make sure I was on top of my game and things like that, and going to other mm-hmm. conferences. Um, and when I, when I got the, the job here at social media examiner, it was because, I mean, I was, I had been kind of like a member of their tribe. Um, I had done a little bit of training in conversion rate optimization, which they were looking for at the time. And so that's basically like how I went from being in the, in the crowd to like being on the staff, you know, which is, which is pretty cool to see. So it just took some time and it took some, you know, building up my expertise and and a lot of trial and error usually.
0: Amazing. You know, I have to say social media marketing world was, um, I think, the last conference I attended?
1: (laughs) It was probably the last conference a lot of people attended. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. We were, um, you know, we had our conference, uh, it was, I think, the beginning of last March, so it's been almost a year, and it was probably one of the last major conferences, you know, in the United States, probably in California, for sure. As you know, we're still kind of on lockdown here, and yeah, we had about 4,000 people there, and um, it was a great experience, and um, we're hoping to be back again next year, so.
0: How did you guys regroup with coronavirus and everything uh, regarding the conference?
1: Yeah, so uh, I mean, obviously, not having a conference was was a a, a real bummer. I mean, a bummer yeah. for for our tribe. You know, a bummer for us as as a team. It's one of the the most fun times of the year that we have, and we get to actually connect and meet with people, um, you know, in a, in a unique way in that conference environment. And, um, you know, throughout the year, we have lots of digital products that we offer and lots of trainings that we offer. And we wanted to make sure that we we kind of like double down on that for our tribe. So we launched a bunch of online summits last summer um, to keep people... On the cutting edge and and give them everything they needed and so that was one of the ways this year we realized well we're not gonna have this conference in the beginning of the year we need to provide something you know for our tribe and so what we did was we created some online workshops that are really in-depth deep dives they're actually starting next week uh, on monday so if oh, you're, you i don't know when this is going to publish but um <laughs> and they will be able to go in there and spend about two hours with a speaker and really come up with some some good strategies that are going to help them in 2021
0: That's amazing. Well, good for you guys that you managed to, you know, regroup fast, you know, build other opportunities. It's so important to be, you know, on top of your game in this type of situations. So good for you and good for the team. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Going back to, you know, your career and, and what you do, I'm curious, a lot of people are obviously, you know, being a marketer, you're familiar with what a director of marketing does what a director of marketing usually does for a brand. How do you think, you know, being the director of marketing for a media organization, if I can call social media or yeah. like that, um, how do you think that's different from like being director of marketing for, you know, any, any other brand uh, in, in the world?
1: Yeah, it's it's certainly different. Um, you know, we're very much concerned with maximizing the the value of our product in the mind of our customer. You know, which that is 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 going to be the same as any director of marketing, I think, in any brand. Right. And the way we're we're probably different is uh, we spend a lot of time getting to know who our customer is. Well ask our customer directly you know we'll do things like surveys and and be able to create a lot of information that not only will we share with with our customers and our tribe to like let them know like what's going on in the industry you know we'll have like a little industry report but also to gain insights of like where they're at you know where they're at in their their career you know um a lot of people that are in our tribe it's like they're marketers like like me and they're working at a company and they want to get the same results that I want to get. So um, we're very much in tune with with what their problems are, what their struggles are, what their needs are. And then we're creating the content and the training that they need to help them be successful. Right. And um, and then all of the media is around that. Right now, our YouTube channel, you know, it's, it's definitely directed about What they need what they need to be looking out for like for example clubhouse right now a lot Mm -hmm. of people are like wait what the heck is this how do i get in what do i do once i'm in you know what do i need to know as a marketer and so whenever there's a hot new you know shiny object uh especially in social media marketers will flock to it so you know our job is to kind of help them navigate that jungle you know and um we kind of give them the magnifying glass. I'm like, here's what you should be paying attention to. Here's what's important. Here's where things are going. So I think that's a little bit unique as far as our brand and the media that we provide for them.
0: At the end of the day, we all want the same thing. We all want to achieve
1: the same you know, end goal of creating a more sustainable world. So we've completely changed our marketing focus in that regard. And it's, it's about how you can make a difference and whether or not that's with us or you
0: go and buy something from you know someone else and that people have appreciated the honesty and so we're, we're happy with it that was Christian from mountain talking who just made our social teams 100 top you can check out the list at planable.io/ social teams 100 that's planable dot io slash social teams 100 enjoy the rest of the episode what do you think is you know harder but also easier uh being a marketer in the med- media industry you know for example you know one thing top of mind that i can think of that is probably an advantage is the fact that you have probably access to a lot of great creative content minds right um and also to yeah. a lot of marketing resources, how do you see the difference in terms of what's easier and what's harder?
1: Yeah, well, you're only as good as your content. Mm, and, yep. and yeah, and you're, um, and and I, I've been in the fortunate position where I've, I've never been in a company that was at a lack of content. Um, so when, if, if you are in that position, you definitely need to find unique ways to provide value for, for your your tribe and i should say it's value it isn't really content because when you think content like oh i gotta create content i gotta create yeah. content well yes but you shouldn't think about it that way you should think about i need to provide value because a lot of times you can create something very valuable and make a lot of content out of it like for example if you make a awesome video you can curate that into tons of posts, tons of blog posts, and audio s- snippets. I mean, limitless like um, content can come from one source of something valuable, but I've never been in that position where there's been a lack of content. So if you are in that position, you need to be a little bit more creative and you need to curate things a little bit more. But when you have this abundance of, of content, it certainly makes it a lot easier
0: gotcha gotcha so what does a typical day look like in your work life i know there is no such thing as a typical day in the marketing industry but you know what's the first thing you tackle when you start your day and you know how does your week look like do you have any particular rituals you go through with your day you know how do you stay productive how do you organize yourself during your
1: yeah yeah um so a typical day, you know, I I kind of start out, um, and and I usually know where I want to go. You know, I've kind of got my week planned out, or my month planned out, or yep. you know, my day planned out, and I know kind of like the uh, the three things I want to get done that day, or what are the absolute things that are like non negotiable that I need to focus on, and that and that there might be tasks like literal tasks that I need to do and work I need to do but you know right now we're completely remote you know just due to to our circumstances and about half of our teams usually remote so we do a little check-in call every morning we do that late morning because I have a um, Kind of like a creative window in the in the beginning of the day so i try to like okay. protect that time so i would say if you're a directoring, you know where your sweet spot is see if you can protect that time and do your most important work so i will usually just check check my inbox to see if there's anything critical um if there's something critical or i want to address or something the ceo needs i will address that um and then i look at numbers you know i kind of want to get a assessment and lay of the land of like where things are at like d- was there an email that went out yesterday that i want to check on um was there a you know a split test that i want to check on the results you know is there something that um some metrics that I need to pay attention to and make a decision on. So I look at that and then I kind of move on to whatever my hit list is for the day. Uh, we've got our little team team check-in meeting and I always try to make sure my team has what they need, like they're first, I put them first. So if, um, you know, graphic artists need something, our email manager needs something, whatever they need, I'm providing them with those resources first instead of doing kind of my busy work, you know, or the things that I need to work on. Um, and that could be just reviewing copy or, you know, Um, working on some, some outside elements on on the website, things like that.
0: And you mentioned that you usually know what you're going to do a particular day, have your priorities straight. And I'm curious if you're using anything, any like tools for that, you know, if you're using any tools to stay productive and focused or generally what are the tools that you rely on during your day?
1: Yeah. um, Yeah, for sure. Definitely using some things. So we use Asana mainly for kind of our project organization. And I will use that also as kind of like a task list. Um, I will kind of keep notes. Um, I like to use OneNote to keep quick notes, um, or you can use literally like sticky notes and a lot of people will just write things down. But you don't want to lose things. Uh, I write, I don't trust that there's a million things and a million distractions that can pull me in any direction at any time, you know, and a lot of times somebody might tell you something, and then you get a phone call and you completely forgot and that will be forgotten. So I always write it down. OneNote's really good. You just pull that up, jot it down. And then I just make sure that that goes somewhere, that that becomes a task or something happens with that. And I also use, Asana has a really good kind of plugin with Gmail. So we use Gmail and what you can do is you can create tasks out of your emails yeah. which is really good because you might get an email and you're like okay well this is a task i need to do but if it just sits there in your inbox it's taking up bandwidth and it's taking up your time and you might see it so i i aim for zero inbox and i will move that to a task and then move it into an appropriate label in my inbox and kind of kind of get that out of the way
0: got it that's that's good strategy um you know the, the next thing that i wanted to ask you is something that we talk a lot in in this podcast um we talk a lot about the career and generally in media and in our industry people talk quite a lot about the positive things i think it's you know very human to talk about the things that are going well i want to ask you i want to ask you on the flip side of this i want to ask you what's you know what do you consider the lowest point in your career
1: good question um probably when i was working in tv news
0: Mm.
1: and i was actually working as a teleprompter so what that means is i'm in the newsroom and the news anchors are at the desk and they're facing me yeah and i've got a little scroll wheel on my on my desk that has the script and i'm and i'm Man, you know, moving the script that they're reading on their screens as they're reading the news, right? And so that's what a teleprompter does. And, you know, there's teleprompters for everything all over broadcasting and television. So I had been uh, working as a teleprompter. The old teleprompter operator had moved on. And so I was doing that uh, as basically almost full time covering that position. So then they opened the position for the teleprompter and I applied for it. And I'm like, this is great. I'm going to become the full-time teleprompter. I was like part-time at that point and I was super excited. Like I'm a shoe in. Yes. I'm already doing the job. Yes. And they didn't hi- and they didn't hire me. Wow. They, they didn't tough. hire me. And I w- and I it really hurt. I was super bummed out. I was like I don't understand this. I'm doing a great job. I've been the teleprompter. They're hiring somebody else. And uh, what ended up happening was about a month later um, things just took a downturn. I don't know what happened, but they had to, they had to lay people off. What they did was they laid off the teleprompter operator. So had I got that position, I actually would have been oh. laid off. It would have been it would have been even worse. And it was an important lesson because I just remembered like, wow, I was so, you know, so close <laughs> focused on getting that position you know, was so bummed out. And what ended up happening is I got so much teleprompter experience from that, that when I did get my, my job as a, you know, digital producer and, and social media manager, I was able to run teleprompter for all of their, their broadcasts and did that for several years. So it was great. I got the experience I needed, um, but was super bummed out when I didn't get that job, but it ended up being very fortunate that I didn't.
0: Hmm. Is there anything else you wish you knew when you were starting out in your career like if you would be able to go back in time and give yourself some advice or give someone else you know in your shoes 10 years ago uh, some advice about starting out in this world what what would it be?
1: Yeah um, a couple things is is start writing if you're not writing um, Mm -hmm. just just start writing Um, you will get more practice and uh, if you're not a copywriter I would say become a copywriter because I, I feel like writing is like one of the most valuable skills you can have and it translates into everything you do, you know? So I would say that's that's definitely step one. The thing I probably would like go back and tell myself and and what I've heard people say before is like, I wish I had started earlier and I wish I had um, started hel- e- either helping people with their marketing or just um, trying to create more content and get out there because, you what, what ends up happening is you know way more than you think you do and you can help way more people than you think. And some people kind of call it, call it imposter syndrome or whatever, but you're probably at a, at a point where you can help a lot of people and you're just not doing that. And so I would just say, get out there and just start helping people, seeing who's open and seeing who needs what you have because you have something to provide and just go do that, go do that as soon as you can, you know, and you know, yeah, when you're first starting off, and you might need a couple of years, but honestly, it doesn't take that long, you're going to start getting experience, and you're going to learn how to do things, you're going to be trying things, and that is valuable to people, and you mm. want to be able to share that, so I would say start sharing that stuff early.
0: Hmm. Is that something that you struggled early on with the, the copywriting part, and you know, uh, growing that side of yours, or you know, what habit or skill did you struggle the most to to develop in yourself across the years and i'm also curious what are the ones that you're currently focused on improving
1: yeah i don't know if i necessarily struggled with copywriting i was a horrible news writer <laughs> i was a horrible How news writer so? you- um, <laughs> i remember well, i remember a few things one news writing is a very specific style yeah. and i think i just struggled as a as a kind of a creative type i mm-hmm. want to be creative and expressive and <laughs> and that just doesn't work <laughs> news is is very dry and simple and and um yeah, yeah highly you know contextualized and all these things and uh very specific word usage and you know a, a good example is I can remember like forgetting to use a certain euphemism and I'd have a news producer be like hey can you use this euphemism I would go oh yeah okay I'll do that and I would totally forget and I would continue to forget and I would just revert back to word choices that I that I liked you know mm. and so uh, that was a very challenging for me but that was a very specific type of writing um, but no i just think writing in general it's like you need to write emails you need to be able to communicate if you're writing copy you know if you're going to be a marketer it's like you're probably going to end up writing copy at some point so you better get good at it
0: what was something else that you struggled with if it wasn't copywriting what was the skill that was the most challenging for you across your career
1: me maybe time management i would say um you know Probably, probably staying focused, maybe is a better way to say it. I'm, I'm very easily distracted (laughs) and there's just distractions everywhere, right? You can let your inbox distract you. You can let, if you're using, you know, Slack or Skype or some sort of messaging, you can let that distract you. So one of the things I'll do is like I've been doing recently and I haven't done it quite, quite so frequently, but uh, as these little, like, I think it's called a Pomodoro timer where you just set a timer for 25 minutes and you just don't do anything except what you're focusing on for 25 minutes. And I found that to be helpful because I'll, I'll get to a certain point and be like, Oh, it's been 12 minutes. Like I'm done. Right. I like, "Oh no, I got another like 13 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's worked both ways where sometimes I've wanted to go work on something else. I said, "No, I'm working on this. I'm going to stay on this. I'm going to ignore that message for another 15 minutes. It's, nothing's going to happen. You know, 15 minutes can go by before I look at that email or look at that message. And then there's been other times where I've been going and I'm like, oh gosh, I want to keep going, but no, I'm going to stop and then take a little break, assess things and then get back into it. So that's been really good. Um, I find it challenging sometimes to focus for 25 minutes straight, unless it's something I'm really getting drawn into so that's been really good um what's i think in general that, what's the yeah. thing
0: that distracts you the most is it like the the notifications is it you know what's happening in the environment around you what what is the thing where just mind the mind wanders
1: yeah, like, a good example is, like, let's say I've got to, like, review some copy or something, you know, mm-hmm. like, I might start on it and get halfway through, and then yeah. I might go, oh, let me look at my inbox, or, well, why am I doing that, you know, like, like why am I looking that at my happens. inbox, or let me check my messages, or, you know, <laughs> let me look at this other thing, I will just drift to something else, you yeah. know, and, and maybe other people don't do that, but it's very easy for me to do that, and so I will work to to not look at that, so I'll, like, minimize my email, and kind of, like, kind of go dark, basically, mm-hmm. and just focus in on this. You know, when I used to do creative writing, I used to like, okay, I'm going dark. I'm like getting rid of all these distractions so I can focus on, on doing this endeavor. And it's kind of like that.
0: Yeah. That happens to me all the time. I'm drifting away, you know, so often I find myself starting, starting another task while I was in the middle of a particular task. Yes my my co-founder is big on on focus and the thing that I think was killing him was like notifications and everything that was happening with his phone like that that doesn't bother me too much but I know he went to great lengths (laughs) Uh, he you know uh, turned off all his notifications like all notifications on his phone and I think he also tried for a period of time to make it you know black and white you know that technique where you you know you make your Uh, your display on your phone grayscale so that nothing you know catches your attention so there's so many tactics out there uh, but I think you know what's most important is for you to know what's your kryptonite (laughs) yeah Uh, being self-aware and knowing what you know are the issues that you're struggling the most is you know the first step to getting better
1: yeah totally yeah and yeah and it's it's encouraging to hear it's not just me you know um because it is there's there's a million things that demand your attention and um it's pretty difficult to stay focused on the same task. I know there's a lot of things that can help with that, like meditation and just mindfulness and Mm -hmm. things like that. But also be honest with yourself too. Like, you know, for example, there's certain times where I'll I'll throw on like a certain type of music and it's really good for me. And then there's times where I'm like, okay, this music is actually distracting me, you know, or this thing is distracting me. So just be honest about what's distracting you and what's, you know, helping you and you know either eliminate those things or keep using those things accordingly.
0: 100%. Okay, we're gonna switch gears a little bit sure. and we're gonna go back to your current role being the director of marketing uh, at a company that has a lot to do with social media. I can imagine that you know, following dozens of social media accounts is probably part of uh, your job description and considering the fact that you're also extremely passionate about this industry, I imagine you're, you, know, you spend a lot of time at looking at other social media accounts. And we all have our favorites, right? So I'm curious, yeah. you know, if you would have the chance um, to meet the person behind a specific social media account, let's say, you know, behind a specific Twitter account, who would you love to meet?
1: MoonPies Twitter. Moon whoever pies. runs the moon whoever runs the moon pies twitter yeah i i don't I know what do they do I, moon pies is a little chocolate covered marshmallow snack that is usually at convenience stores um, and uh they have a hilarious twitter account so i would love to meet the the person <laughs> well,
0: that's that is, direct, that now is I, directing that account now i have yeah, to go, go check out
1: it. moon pies yeah, yeah it's, it's probably at Moon. let me see i think it's at moon pies uh <laughs>
0: Just for the content.
1: Yeah, uh, it's it's at Moonpie. It's at Moonpie. Moonpie.
0: Moonpie. Yeah. Good to know. Uh, we'll 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 definitely check it out for some uh, potentially hilarious content. I hope. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Good. The last question that I have for you before we wrap up with uh, our rapid fire session um, is a question about this very fast pacing industry that we're currently in. Uh, we have you know new buzzwords new uh, trends new channels new platforms you know every new week almost yeah okay. uh, so it's a very dynamic industry and i'm curious what is that popular thing or buzzword or belief that is that is trending today in in social media or in marketing that is annoying you or that you think is massively overrated
1: oh yeah <laughs> you know one of the, one of them is <laughs> SEO. And the reason is, wow, yes, it's SEO. I've never
0: heard this one for this question. Go ahead.
1: (laughs) Yes. And and a lot of times um, it's the first thing people focus on like SEO, SEO, SEO. I'm an SEO expert, SEO this. So that's kind of, that's kind of the one that bothers me. And it's because the SEO has, has grown and evolved quite a bit, but there's, there's kind of, there used to be like a game to SEO you know and and there's a game to it and there certainly is kind of like a game that you have to play and maybe it's I guess we can call it a game but rules that you should do you know to be successful on these platforms and stuff but a lot of times it really comes down to like are you creating content that your audience finds valuable that's what's going to attract now there are again certain parameters like certain rules like there's things that your site has to have to rank on Google and things like that, that is important. But like the kind of like SEO gurus that are like going to come in and do all these things and like, <laughs> you know, bloat your article with all these keywords and stuff like that. That kind of always annoyed me because, you know, at the heart of it, it's like, yeah, you want to do certain things that um, are are important to get you ranked and that you know, make sure Google is going to, you know, um, put your, put your um, content in front of people, but it all comes down to like, how valuable is that content for your audience? Not trying to like game the system because that will only get you so far.
0: A hundred percent. And I think that is also reflected in the good type of SEO that people do. And that's reflected, you know, in, in things like the bounce rate, right? Like if you write content just for SEO and you do keyword stuffing without any strategy and without any, Value and meaning to your audience, Google is gonna see, you know, a lot of um, bounce on your yes. web- website. So you know that is gonna translate and, um you know, that's gonna translate in not the best ranking for you. I-, I 100% agree with you. This is, well, you know, pretty much a bit of a w- old school technique in terms of. It math. is. Yeah.
1: yeah, and I think that's why. I'm like, okay, this was like 10 years ago, maybe even. Yeah.
0: All I in mean, Matt. <laughs> there's still you know, <laughs> there's still companies doing it today, and there's still SEO experts that are doing it. But hopefully, we will see you know less and less of that, and more more value and more meaning for the audience.
1: Yeah, we we started doing better when we fired our ex our SEO experts and started oh, wow. doing it ourselves.
0: Oh wow! So you had an agency, and then our consultants, yep. and uh, yes, we did it in house. I think in-house is, is the best for SEO because yep. it, it connects to so many things. It connects to the content. It connects to brand, to product, yep. social media. It's just, it needs to be something that is very, you know, business business focused. So yep. I think that's an amazing, you know, strategy to just bring it in-house if possible.
1: And, and just to go back a little bit, because this is very relevant, is I had a notification pop up a couple of minutes ago and I am vehemently ignoring it to focus on this interview so I just want to let you know I'm practicing what I preach so
0: (laughs) I am so proud that is one of the best compliments I have received for uh interviewing people (laughs) good so moving forward I have uh, a couple rapid fire questions for you so quick questions quick answers and the first I have uh yeah the first I have for you is personally what's your favorite social media? platform where do you hang out the most what's the most addictive one to you youtube
1: youtube, YouTube. i'm a youtube yes. junkie i listen to music on youtube i, I watch content wow. on youtube i love youtube
0: i haven't really seen people listening to music on youtube for a long while
1: <laughs> probably because they're normal and they listen to spotify but yeah. <laughs> not me I'm- one of those weird people that listens to music on YouTube, um, you know, I, I like things like, you know, Armand Van Buren, he'll do, like, a, kind of, like, a live stream on there, and, you yeah. know, there's, you know, YouTube is just, just blowing up with lots of cool things, and buddy, you I'm a YouTube a, junkie.
0: Do you have a subscription?
1: I don't. I probably should, but yeah. I'm, I am very, um, yeah, I'm very, uh, I'm not strict. What's, what's the, a better word? Let's see. I, I'm picky. I'm very picky with what I subscribe to, so sure. I'm not subscribed to YouTube.
0: Oh, interesting. Interesting. Uh, but it, yeah, what do you think about their uh, monetization techniques and their pop-ups?
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, YouTube ads are a great way to mm-hmm. to get in front of your your audience and YouTube is only going to continue to grow. You know, video is only going to continue to be more impactful for, for audiences and customers. So, you know, I love what's happening on YouTube right now
0: yeah it's a good place uh, i I enjoyed quite a lot. The thing that uh started annoying me quite a lot recently was um you know the thing with the subscription like i, I, I feel like it's everywhere every time you open yeah. the app on your phone, it's like, do you want to subscribe?
1: <laughs> want yeah they were doing that yeah. Or something <laughs> yeah
0: uh, I can't wait for it to potentially stop at some point in time, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, they gotta they you know uh, they gotta push it, so I understand them. Okay, so the next one that I have for you is, what's your favorite uh, app or tool that you use at work?
1: Hmm. Pro. I mean, yeah, I it, is it? I feels so, like it feels like a cop out to say Google Analytics, but I feel like what would I do without Google Analytics? Um, but if you want something a little more, you know, because everybody's using that, um, probably Hotjar.
0: Hotjar. Hotjar. Probably yeah. Hotjar.
1: Music I love looking at,
0: for the heat maps and yeah, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Heat maps and the scroll report, you know, looking at where people click, you know, I'll even record sessions and watch sessions if I have time, which is great mm-hmm. to see how a customer or a potential prospect is interacting with your, with your page. Um, yeah. So I like, I really like Hotjar.
0: Amazing. Okay. And the last one that I have for you is if you wouldn't be doing what you're doing today, what else would you do?
1: that I'd be qualified to do
0: (laughs) whatever you know like a a, a parallel universe okay Um, parallel universe
1: I would love to be like a jiu-jitsu world champion I think that'd be like I I love jiu-jitsu and it's just a hobby and I just have fun with it but yeah in an alternative universe maybe I would have started training when I was like four years old and (laughs) and be like a world champion that sounds like a lot of fun a lot of hard work (laughs) but a lot of fun
0: that that's such a nice way of wrapping up the the episode we started with jujitsu we're ending it with (laughs) jujitsu
1: yeah jujitsu is great if you haven't tried it go go try at least a session when i first tried it i i did not like it i was like this is not for me and i wish i had stuck with it because then i went back years later and started when i was 37 which is very old uh and started started training and, and really liked it so and now i'm like hey it beats the treadmill
0: Yeah. Well, good. You gave it a second chance. Yeah. Well, Colin, thank you so much. This was such a great, great conversation. Thank you for joining me and thank you for taking the time to share this story.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed being here. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. And for everyone else listening in, thanks for joining. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode and don't forget we have new ones every Wednesday. Subscribe to People of Marketing on your favorite podcast app and till next time.